Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Thank you for joining us again this week on the program, and I trust you are being blessed by the series that we are doing called The Seven I Am's of Jesus. There are seven times in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am. And when He says it, He says it in contrast to what their thought process was. In other words, when He said to them, Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they're dead, but I am the true bread that came down from heaven. What He's saying is, you thought that was the bread, that's not the bread. I'm the real bread that came down from heaven. When He says to them in uh, um, uh, John 10, uh, I'm the door, He's saying that in contrast to, you thought the way into the sheepfold was through the law of Moses, but I'm telling you, that's not the door, I'm the door. Uh, when He said to them, you know, I am the resurrection and the life, He says that in contrast to they, they were saying, we search the Scriptures for in them we think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of Me. In other words, you thought you could get life from the, the Scriptures, which was the law of Moses at the, the Old Covenant Scriptures, because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John had not yet been written. So He's saying, you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of Me, and you won't come to Me that you might have life, that believing you might have life in His name. And so He's saying, you thought that was the life, but that's not the life. I'm the resurrection, and I'm the life. Uh, last week we began to deal with, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And we're going to deal with that one a little bit more this week and perhaps next week a little bit again. But once again, let me just say to you that if you missed any of these programs, you can go back to our YouTube page and uh, everything that we have aired to date is archived on that page. Uh, you can watch it on demand. It is, then you can share it with your friends. We encourage you to share it on your Facebook page. It helps us build an audience, and we, uh, that is the easiest way for us to get the Word out, is for you to watch these and share them on your page. Uh, if you, you say, well, I just don't have time to sit down and watch the YouTube, but I understand that. The good news is we have the audio portions of every one of these programs that we put on iTunes so that you can listen to the audio portion. We have it on iTunes. We also have it on an RSS feed for your Android device, so you can watch it or you can listen to it. I, I find that when I'm in my automobile, especially when I'm taking trips or I'm on an airplane, I can download the podcast, I can stream it straight to my uh, my earbuds or whatever. I can mow, I can I, I can be on a treadmill, I can be taking a walk and, and literally have access to the Gospel. And we're making that available to you at no cost. We put it up there just for your listening and viewing pleasure. And we trust that we're pouring into your life and being a blessing to you. And we thank you and encourage you every time you write to us and let us know that you're listening, because that really is what encourages us to keep going. I'll just be honest with you, about January, February of last year, I was about halfway discouraged, just wondering, are we really touching anybody, thinking, should we stay on the air, should we not stay on the air, and just really thought, maybe, maybe it's just time for me to retire. But man, I found out that, man, more people were listening to me than I thought they were, and it really put some air back in my sails to really continue to press on that we really are making a difference. So I don't know if you realize how important it is, even when you can't, you know, sow an offering to just uh, write to us. You can just do it easily by going 
and uh, using the link on my website for an email. And that's an easy way to do it. Or you can go to our Facebook page and uh, my public profile, my personal one, there's no more room for friends, but my public profile, Linhouse Ministries, you can go there and like the page and and that, that keeps you up to date with what we're doing, but it also lets us know you're watching. And it does encourage us. I want to get back in the Word again. And let me just review just a little bit again. We're in John 14. But the, the setup to this, and, and I don't want to take a long time to review, but I have to almost to get the context, is the context of this whole story is that the disciples are in an upper room the night before the decease of Jesus. They're eating the Passover meal. And you, you remember that Jesus says to Peter and all those sitting there, He begins to tell them, this is my body which is broken for you. And, and, and uh, this is the, the blood of the new covenant which is poured out. In other words, He's inaugurating a new covenant. He does it even with a new commandment because He says in that very same chapter, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. And then He comes on down through there, He washes their feet, He's sitting there with twelve men, all of which will betray Him before the weekend is over, except for John. John will be the only one that really follows Him to the cross and all of that. But all of the other eleven pretty much are going to leave Him. And Peter sits there and says to Him, Lord, I'll die with you. And I think Peter really means that. But Jesus looks at Pete and He says, listen Pete, before the rooster crows, man, you're, go, you're going to deny me three times. And I showed you how that when the rooster crows, it's not just to rat Peter out, but when a rooster crows on a farm, it's to announce a new day. And what Jesus was saying is, Pete, yesterday, without the indwelling Holy Spirit living inside of you, you're going to deny me. Dude, even though you think you've got the willpower and the tenacity to make it, you're not going to make it without the Holy Spirit living inside of you. He said, where I'm going right now you can't follow me, but you're going to ultimately follow me there. And Peter ultimately does lay down his life for Jesus. But when he, Jesus says to Peter, before the rooster crows you're going to deny me, the rooster was to announce a new day for Peter, but the very next verse starts, John 14 verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you can be also. And what Jesus was saying to Pete is, yesterday, dude, you, you were not able to stand, and you, you're going to deny me before the rooster crows, but don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And it looks like he quotes that completely out of context, like, don't worry about it, dude. One of these days you're going to die and go to heaven and live in a big house. No, that's not what that means. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am. Well, I read this in the context. Let's go back because I think it's so important. Let not your heart be troubled, John 14, 1. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. That where I am is the key words here that where I am you may be also. And where I go, and, the, uh, the whether, and whither I go you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said, here's the, here's the sixth I am. I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. 
No man cometh to the Father but by me. So the way is not just the way to heaven. The way, the truth and the life is the way to the Father. We don't really grasp the, the weight of what he's saying when he's talking to them about fatherhood, coming to know God, not just as an austere old man on a Victorian chair with a club in his hand ready to slap you upside the head, but as a father, as Abba. No, I'm the way. To, I'm the way to what? Not to heaven. I'm the way to the Father. If you would have known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father. It suffices us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet thou hast not known me, Philip. He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Now watch this. Here's the context. I'm not pulling this out of context. He said that, that where I'm going, that where I am, you may be also. And immediately, because we use this mansion terminology, we think that means heaven. But he said that where I am, you may be also. And he says, and then he tells them in verse 12, 10 where he is, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father's in me? In other words, I'm going to take you where I'm at. Where, I, where is he at? He's in the Father, and the Father is in him. And that's where he wants to take you to, is where you know the Father, where the Father lives in you, and you live in the Father. And I shared with you last week that this word mansion, in my Father's house are many mansions, is this Greek word for mansion is only ever translated one other place in the Scripture, and that's in this same chapter in John 14, where he said, I and my Father, we will come and make our abode in you. It's the word mansion. In other words, it could literally be translated, me and my Father are going to come and mansion ourselves in you. So I submit to you that this mansion is not where you're going to live, it's where He's going to live. The Father and the Son, the whole power of the new covenant and is, is the indwelling Holy Spirit, that God is going to come and live in us as we being the temple and the house of God, that we are what gives the omnipresent God a local address, and that what Jesus said is that once me and Dad move in, greater works than these are you going to do. And once me and Dad move in, then you're going to be empowered, not on your own strength to do this. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house. You're the Father's house. Hallelujah. And there are many mansions in this corporate body of Christ. There's many abodes, many places for God to dwell in. That's so powerful to me. That to me is, now I'm not taking anything away from heaven because I mean heaven's going to be more greater than you just having a big house. But what God is trying to shift us to see here is that, listen, the old covenant did not have an indwelling Holy Spirit, but the new covenant is going to bring that. So he said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now remember that the commandment he's talking about 
was from the previous chapter, previous chapter that you love one another. He's not talking about the law of Moses here. And he said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. I'm going to talk about the comfort here a little bit. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Can you see that this is not about where you're going to live, it's about where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are going to live, is they're going to live in you. I will not leave you comfortless. Now I'm going to deal with this word. See, there are two Greek words here. In verse 18, I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter. The word comforter here is the Greek word paraclete. I will give you an advocate. I will give you an attorney. I will give you someone that will abide with you that will constantly remind you of who you are and the words that I've spoke. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, He will bring to remembrance all things that I've told you. So He said, I'm going to give you an advocate. I'm going to give you a paraclete. And this word paraclete does not mean a prosecuting attorney. It means a defense. A defense lawyer is the term. As a matter of fact, he uses this very same Greek word when he says in John later on, in one of the epistles of John, he said, if, if you sin, if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The word advocate is the Greek word paraclete that's used here as comforter. Hallelujah. I got good news for you, man. He is on your side. And then he's going to plead your case. Let me just say this, and then I'll come back and grab more of this. Because I want to get the second word. He said, I, then he comes down and says, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while the world seeth me no more, but you see me, because I live, you shall be also live also. At that day you shall know that I am that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Now he said, I will not leave you comfortless. Now the f first word we see up here is, I will give the, he shall give you another comforter. He'll give you the paraclete, the attorney. But in verse number 18, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. This word comfortless is a completely different Greek word. It is the Greek word orphanos, or the word we translate as an orphan. So he's saying, <laughs> man, I get excited about this stuff. He said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. And that's what the whole context of this chapter is about, is you coming into relationship with the Father, and Him saying, I am the way and the truth and the light, is the way that you come into relationship with the Father is through the Son. No man knows the Father but the Son, and to Him, who him, him, and to him whom the Father reveals. But I like what he says in Matthew 11. He said in the Message Bible, this is a unique father-son operation, but I'm not going to keep it to myself. I'm going to go over it line by line with you. In other words, Jesus is showing you the way is not just a way to get to heaven when you die, but a way to live in this planet out of relationship with the Father 
where greater works than these you will do because he's not going to leave you comfortless or as an orphan he's going to come to you and yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but you see me because I live you shall live also at that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you, and he that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, If, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. This is the same Greek word as mansion in verse number 2. Me and my Father are going to come and make our abode within him. He that loveth me not, he that keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which has sent me. These things have I spoken unto you that being present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Same thing he says in verse 1. Do not let your heart be troubled. I'm leaving you my peace. Me and Dad are going to come and live inside of you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Let it not be afraid. You have heard. Now I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I go unto my Father. My Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it come to pass, you might believe. Hereafter I will not talk with you much, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Now before I come back and deal with the two words, comforter, paraclete, and comfortless, or phanos, I want to take this very same thought into the book of Acts. And we're going, to, we're going to see the context of what he's talking here. Acts chapter 1. The former treaties, O Theophilus, have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Now he had just given these commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen in John 13 and 14, and told them, I'm going to send you the promise of the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come. I'm going to go to the Father, but I'm going to come to you. He said, for yet a little while you don't see me, but in a little while you will see me, and I'm going to give you my peace, and I'm never going to leave you or forsake you, even to the end of the world. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not part from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but he shall baptize with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. 
So he's still talking about the same promise that Jesus is talking about in John 14. I am not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to give you another. I'm going to give you uh, a, a, the comforter. I'm going to give you a paraclete. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, the comforter to come and live and abide with you forever. Uh, uh, he said, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, Lord, saying, Wilt thou this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had thus spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received them out of their sight. And while they steadfastly looked toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them and white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went into an upper room where abode Peter and James and John and Philip and all these disciples. And these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of the names together were about 120 men and brethren, the scripture must needs be fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spoke concerning Judas, which was God unto them that took Jesus. Now remember, these scriptures in Acts chapter number 1 are connected to this whole John 13 and John 14 where Judas has betrayed him, where Peter has betrayed him, and now Pete, full of the Holy Ghost that was promised in John 14, is about to stand up and preach a message, and they're about to receive, uh, hallelujah, this Holy Spirit that will not leave them as comfortless. I submit to you that when this man says to them, Why stand ye gazing up? This same Jesus will come in like manner. I submit to you that it's very possible that while they were there, then the Holy Ghost fell, that the promise of what Jesus told them in John 14 took place in Acts chapter 2 because they were standing there. And while they were all in one accord, Peter stood up and said, Listen, the promise of the Spirit has been made to us. Somebody promised us something. He's not going to leave us orphans. He's not going to go and be some far distant place. He's going to come and be Emmanuel, God with us. Me and my Father are going to come and take up our abode. I'm going to tell you the reason I believe he allowed the Romans to destroy the temple in A.D. 70 was because God said, I'm moving out of that house and I'm moving into this one. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you orphans. And when he's standing there in Acts chapter 1, they ask him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons given in the Father's hands. He does that five times. He gives the Great Commission throughout the Scriptures. And he does it right there in the Gospels as well. But he says to them, when they ask him this time, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? This is his answer. But you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you, and you will be witnesses to me. In other words, can I say it like this? He said, I'm not going to restore, well, I'm going to restore the kingdom to Israel, but I'm going to do it through a people full of the Holy Ghost. That's why John 14, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to come to you. That's why he's saying to them, I'm not going to leave you powerless. I'm not going to leave you without any equipment or tools to reach the nations of the earth with. I'm going to restore the kingdom, but I'm going to do it to a people that are full of the Holy Ghost 
they're going to realize the reason the Holy Ghost came is so that greater works than these will you do because I go to the Father and I'm bringing you to the Father so that you can live out of the same Father-Son relationship and you don't need to be standing gazing up waiting on something some glad day. It came on the day of Pentecost and the Holy Ghost came and there was an absolute manifestation of the glory of the Lord while people were added to the, uh, I mean, were added to the church. Uh, and I mean, they all, they going down through here and, and literally, uh, you know, uh, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Now he's full of the Holy Ghost. Now he's not a denier. Now he's ready to do what Jesus has called him to do. And said the number of the names were according to about 120 men and brethren. This scripture, he said, men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spoke concerning Judas, which was God to them that took Jesus, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong. He burst asunder in the midst, and all of his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that, that field is called in the proper, proper tongue Akeldama, that is to say the field of blood, for it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and no man dwell there, and, and his bishopric let another take. Wherefore of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection, and they appointed some new disciples. But then we find out in chapter number 2 of the book of Acts, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one accord in one place, and the promise Jesus made to them in John 14 of the coming of the Holy Spirit as an indwelling presence of God that sets us apart from all of the old covenant prophets is the indwelling Holy Ghost. It was the promise that God made to the fathers. It was the peace He said, I leave with you, not as the world leaves, but my own peace I give unto you. And He said, the purpose of me going away is so that I can take you where I am. Where I am is I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and we're going to come, and we're going to take up our abode within you so that you will not be orphans, you will not be comfortless, but you'll have a paraclete, and you will be made sons and daughters of the living God, and that when me and the Father come and take up our abode in you, greater works than these will you do because I go to the Father. In other words, if I stay here as an individual one man, I'm going to walk the shores of Galilee. I'm going to heal some folks, raise the dead, cast out devils. But if I reproduce myself, if a corn of wheat falls in the earth and dies, it'll bring forth a whole bunch more that are just like me, that are game changers. I want to tell somebody today, you're full of the Holy Ghost. You are full of kingdom power and potential. When will the kingdom, will you restore the kingdom back to Israel? Yes, He's going to do it, but He's going to do it through a people who are going to preach the gospel full of the Holy Ghost and receive the mandate, go into all the world, the Great Commission, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, because now you're in relationship with God, just like sons and daughters of God, just like He, the prototype, the first son, was a son with power to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. You're called to do that. It's not some glad morning. It's right now. He's living in you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Quit looking for Him and walk in the room and realize He's already in the room. If you praise Him, 
you'll raise him. We're out of time again. Let me just say to you one more time, if you like what we're saying and you enjoy the ministry, uh, get behind what we're doing and, uh, you know, it, we, we, we really need your help. Uh, you can do that by going to our website and there is a link where you can give via credit card or PayPal or you can set up a recurring debt if you'd like to, a debit, or you can become a monthly partner with our ministry. We do need partners. It takes a lot of partners to touch the world on this level. You can also call the number on the screen. Someone will take your call and you can give via credit card that way or you can send a check or money order to the address that will come up on the screen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this week. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.